Hello, and welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We trust that this will be a great encouragement to you and build your faith. Enjoy today's message. So my title for week two is this, Written Whispers, as we talk about God's Word. Written Whispers, if you're taking notes, go ahead and jot that down. I'm, I'm going to pray over this Word, and then we're going to jump in. Father, we just uh, love you, Lord. God, there's such a sweet spirit in this place this morning. What an honor and joy it is every Sunday to come in here and uh, worship with friends and, and, and my faith family. And Father, I'm so thankful that you've put us together, but that you're not done growing this family either. I feel like every week, Lord, you've been adding to it. And I just thank you for sending your spirit here to meet with us as we open up your word. As I communicate your word, use me in a divine way. Use the message in a divine way. Open up hearts right now to, to receive your word as the seed of your word goes forth. Let it land on fertile soil in our hearts. Let it grow and produce fruit in our lives. We want to be transformed by your word. Let us not just be hearers, but let us be doers as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Kim, I appreciate you. You're the bomb. Um, hey, so one snowy afternoon, I'm sitting at home with my little sister, and it's a snow day, so we're both kind of trapped in the house, and we own a, you know, my, the only two cars we got at the house are my parents' cars, okay? So my mom drives the Subaru. My dad has a Volvo. The Subaru is great in snow. The Volvo is not, okay? So my dad, he has to go to work on this snowy day, and, and him and my mom decide to switch cars. Mom's going to hang inside with the kids. Dad's going to take the, the car that's good in the snow to work. So me and little sister, we're hanging, around, hanging out in the house, and we start getting a little stirred crazy like oh man I feel like doing something so what do we decide is a good idea to go get some coffee candy in a red box amen have a cozy winter day we're like come on let's roll out of this joint so we say to mom hey we're gonna run down just run down the street and we'll be right back so the only car that we have to drive though because dad's gone with a Subaru is the Volvo right so what what does mom say she goes oh no you're not you're not driving down the road you're not going anywhere amen She's like, it's too bad out. It doesn't, it's, it's too bad out. It's too snowy. I'm like, all right. So we hang in. And, you know, the, the stir craziness, it, it begins to intensify, amplify. So me and my sister say, you know what? Mom's in the back room. Let, let's roll out while we can. So we, <laughs> y'all are like, oh, Lord. So we, so we go outside. We, we jump in the Volvo. We take out down the road, okay? And, and it's, uh, <laughs> Man, it doesn't take long before we legitimately get in the Volvo, slide off the road, and we find ourselves in a ditch on the side of the road. And um, it's crazy because as, I, as we are, l- like, landing in the ditch, my phone begins to vibrate. Who's calling me? Hey! Right? <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I pick up the phone. I'm like, hey. She's like, you get home right now. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? And literally, I am with my sister in a ditch, and I cannot get this car out. I'm stuck, right? And I'm like, "Uh, okay, be home in a minute. And, you know, sometimes I feel like this this whole car story, I feel like it's a picture of our spiritual lives. You're like, what what do you mean? You you know exactly what I mean. Come on. I, I think oftentimes we're given instruction Right? We, we know God's word. We know, we know what God's word has to say. We understand his commands or some of it. But even the stuff that we know, we, igno- we, we ignore its instruction. Right? Sometimes we find ourselves in that place. And I think if we were to take the time to really digest and internalize the scriptures, um, 
I think we would be dumbfounded by the guidance that it really gives us. God's word, or the psalmist, he writes this. He says, uh, Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light for my path. His word will guide us. His word teaches us right from wrong. His, his word is the road, roadmap into us becoming all that he's created us to be. It's the roadmap for us to step into our destiny. Amen? But a lot of us ignore it, find ourselves in a ditch on the side of the road in a couple inches of snow. But I've found this to be true. Man, if, if I could go back in certain seasons of my life, and, and maybe you're with me, Man, if I would have just listened to what God put in that book, if I could just go back and li listen to the written whispers, amen, the, the things that were black and white, the truth, man, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache in some seasons, man. I'd probably saved myself a lot of guilt, and I probably would have been propelled into the thing God had planned for me. I would have been propelled in my destiny a lot earlier than I would have. So I love that God's given us his, his word. He, he's written it down to lead, guide us, and, and ultimately to save us. It's really what these written whispers are. It's a love story God's written to us. Amen? It's good. Um, so maybe if you're in here for the first time, I wanted to talk about, I, you know, I, I didn't really know how to come. I, I want to talk about how God's word, uh, he speaks to us through his word. So we decided that, that one of the best things to do was to address a couple of issues, a couple of topics, and, and say, what does God say to us about this thing? So maybe you're in here for the first time, and, and you're here, and here's what God has to say for the first time. Maybe some of y'all are just going to be reminded, but I want to take a look at a couple of things God, God has spoken to us through his written whispers. Is that okay? All right, if you're taking notes, number one is this. What does God say about fear? It, it's what God says about fear. If you're taking notes, number one. You know, in, in the scriptures, there's some incredible verses on fear. Matter of fact, one, one's my phone background right now, but like I think of Isaiah 41.10, it says this, don't be afraid for I am with you. It's good. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will, I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. It's like, come on. Is that breathing courage into just me? Or is it like, yeah, let's go to war, right? I, look at Joshua 1.19, come on. Or, or Joshua 1.9. I know one of y'all has this tatted on you in this room, amen? Come on, I ain't judging you. It's the, it's the background of my phone right now. It says this, this is my command. Be strong and courageous, right? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We read these verses and we say, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, God. Let's go, I'm fired up. Man, I'm ready to take on the world, for real. Public speaking ain't no thing. Let's go, I'll take on the world. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'm fired up. Right, and then, we, and then we step out into a world that's full of reasons for us to be afraid. And it was like, you know, before we were pumping our chests and we were ready to chest bump all our friends and even my wife. And I knocked her over when I did it. And, you know, it's like. And then we, and then we step out into the world and, and, and we have to face all these scary things. And it's slowly we start to. The, the grip of our hand starts to loosen and we look around and, 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 and the abuse comes and the illness comes. And the loss of the job comes, and the childhood drama, we the trauma that we wanted to go away, it's still there. And we're in this world full of fear. And all of a sudden, we find our hands loosening, and we're looking at fear and losing again. 
It's no secret, man. Fear is this powerful emotion that we experience. But, but I think if you were to ask believers in this room, are you supposed to be afraid? Are you supposed to be scared? Does the Bible say you're supposed to be afraid? No, it tells me not to be afraid. The Bible tells me not to be afraid. I, I think we know that's, it's God's word. I think we know that's what it says. But if we were to be honest with ourselves, it's like, yeah, I've read it in the book. I, I know the Bible says that. But Pastor Mark, be honest, like, I don't even know if that's realistic. Or, or, or it's not even my fault I'm afraid. It's not on me. I, I can't help it. It's just happening, right? Maybe, maybe we don't even think it's possible to live this life and not be afraid. But we know God tells us don't be afraid. Yet he's allowed us to experience this powerful emotion of fear that can often feel inescapable, right? Okay. So as I sat down to put, put together this message, I'm like, man, man you know, I, I'm just, this, this idea of fear that happens in the brain is so interesting to me. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to look at psychology. I'm like, okay, what, what does psychology have to say about fear? Psychology, for those who don't know, is the study of the mind. Why is fear present in our mind? And see what it has to say about that. So, so look at the study on fear, but then I wanted to compare it to the written whispers of God, Scripture, right? Which I know the study's done. This is true. We found out that this is truth. Amen? So, and how do these two things compare? Is that okay? Okay, so what I found in my studies is that there's really, um, our responses to fear can be divided into two ways. Biochemical. Anybody impressed yet? Come on, I mean, I'm, I'm a preacher. Y'all didn't know I was a doctor too. Let's go. Biochemical and emotional. Okay, so our, our biochemical response, is, it's this, you know, human's universal uh, response to fear. It's, it's instinctive. Many of us, you know, if not all of us experience this, it's pretty normal. It's kind of that fight or flight or freeze. But then there's the emotional response to fear. And this is where it's a little bit different. It's, it's individualized. This isn't so much instinctive. This varies quite a bit from person to person. It's personalized fear. And here's what I'd like to suggest. Biochemical fear that, that it, it's instinctive, I think it's good. It, it protects us. It allows us to experience discipline, right? Anyone else scared to get spanked as a kid? I'm just saying, I ain't doing that again. Come on. I think that's healthy. I saved my, my fear saved my body a lot of beatings. Amen, let's go. So I actually think that fear allows us to experience God in the fullness of who he is. So, so he's allowed us to experience that. Matter of fact, Proverbs 1.7, if you don't believe me, check it out. I'm just saying it says, the fear of the Lord, the what? Of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So this biochemical response to fear, I believe, is an instinct that God has given us to, to really uh, be who God's created us to be. Amen? Okay. So, but now we have the emotional response. And the emotional response, that's where we have to be careful. That's where we have to tread lightly because I feel like our emotional response is closely tied to our feelings, not closely tied to truth. And the reason it's, it's so dangerous to have, you know, this emotional response to fear and, and the reason it's, it, it's tied to our feelings and the reason that can be so dangerous is because we can fear things that have already been defeated. But when we don't, we develop phobias. 
And maybe there's some of you in the room, you're like, I don't have a phobia. I mean, I don't like spiders, but I can look at them, you know? <laughs> but, but maybe we develop phobias of not being liked. Maybe that's changed your behavior. Maybe that's changed the way you've acted. Maybe we have the phobia of not finding love. The phobia of I'm abused and I'm always going to be abused. I'm not making enough money. I'm never going to make enough money. I'm not enough. I'm never going to be enough. I'm never going to get this done in time. And it's like, church, we find ourselves in this fire, and we're looking around, and we see the flames, and it's like, ah, I'm on fire. I'm burning. My life's burning down. And we lose sight of the fact that, no, there's somebody in the fire with us. And matter of fact, when we come out of the fire, we ain't even going to smell like smoke. So I looked at psychology. And I said, I'm curious to see what these doctors have found to be the solution to, to fighting these fears. How do they overcome? Because So God tells me, just don't be afraid. <laughs> okay? So, so, so what a psychologist say? How, how do I deal with it? And, and here's what it is. I think you'll be surprised by, I'll save it. Okay, so there's two solutions here. Systematic desensitization. Come on. Just call me Dr. Mark from now on. That's all right. That'll be fine. <laughs> Systematic desensitization and flooding. These are the two solutions that they suggest people, when they have phobias, here's how we're going to deal with them. And to save some time, basically, um, w w in both instances, both solutions, they require the person who has the phobia to be experienced to the thing, to be exposed to the thing, to have confrontation with the thing that they're scared of. So just so as I walk through the valley of death, right, as I'm exposed to the thing, as I'm in the middle of it, as it's near me, it's as I walk through the valley, right, it says, but don't be exposed to the thing alone. It's like it, science is telling me I need to have something or someone with me when I'm confronted with the thing I'm scared of that's more qualified than I am that can take care of me, right? So though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. He is with me. Come on. Thank you, science, for telling me what the Bible already told me. Come on. What are y'all being afraid for? I think the reason science wants you to be exposed to the thing that you have a phobia, science, they don't know this, but I'll tell them this. Uh, they want to teach you it's already defeated. They want to teach you it's already defeated. Write this down. Here's what I know about fear. Fear was defeated by love. Fear was defeated by love. Come on, fear was defeated by a man. God is love. He's perfect love, and perfect love casts out all fear. Come on, y'all are smart. How can I be afraid when I'm loved by God, y'all? I want to share this verse with you. 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 19, it says this. We know how much God loves us. And we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love live in God. And God lives in them. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. So we will not be what? We will not be what? Okay, of the day of judgment. But we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus is here in this world. Such love has no. Such love has no. Because perfect love expels all. Okay, I'll finish it though. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this love shows that we have not fully experienced perfect love. 
We love each other because he first loves us. He's saying this, listen, I love you so much, I went and made a way. You're living in victory. Stop being distracted. Stop being afraid. It's already defeated. Amen? It's already defeated. Write this down. Fear is the beginning, for fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? Love is the end. Fear is the beginning. Love is the end. The thing you're scared of, it won't destroy you. It's already been defeated. For real, church, I want to prophesy that over this room this morning. The thing you're scared of, it won't destroy you. It's already been defeated. Yeah, but what if I died? I'll see you in heaven. I'll see you in heaven. So what if you die? Right? Is is that too hard? Is that too harsh to say? When we're in Jesus? Come on, that's the eternal hope that we have. The the thing we're scared of, it's already defeated. That's good news. Someone say, praise the Lord. Come on. I love it. I want to finish with this verse, Psalm 56, verses 3 through 4, says this. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. Come on, somebody. We need to start applying God's word, applying his commands to our life. Amen. But when I am afraid, I will put my trust in you. I praise God for what he has promised. I trust in God. So why should I be afraid? I, I trust God, so why should I be afraid? God has commanded you, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. That's, what, that's, what he, that's one of his written whispers, okay? Don't be afraid. Y'all ready for point two? Okay, point one, don't be afraid. Point two, what God says about identity. What God says about identity. If I was to ask this room, what's your identity? Because we're in church and I'm Pastor Mark, y'all are going to say, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> right? Now that's the right answer. That's the right answer. But if Jesus is your identity, why doesn't your life look like it? Right? right. If Jesus is your identity, why don't your words, why don't your actions, why don't your thoughts, why don't your decisions, why doesn't all of it look like Jesus then? Don't tell me he's your identity, but my life looks nothing like it. Let me ask you this. I'm a, uh, if I'm a professional football player, right, what am, what am I going to play? Are you serious? <laughs> a linebacker, that's good. Okay, if I'm a professional football player, what am I going to wear? What, what am I going to say? Hot, hot, hike. There you go. Right? What am I going to eat as much as I have to? What, what am I going to read? The playbook. Right? If I'm a professional football player, I'm not, I'm not going to show up to football practice with a golf club dragging on the ground saying, here I am. I'm a football player. Right? And then pull a golf ball out of my hip pad. Right? I'm not going to be a Christ follower, be out in the world, and my language is all over the place. And my actions are all over the place. That's not my identity, right? Come on, anybody catch it? I know it's simple. I I know it's simple. (laughs) Definition of identity is this. The characteristics determining who or what a person or thing is. Is Jesus your identity? Because he's made you new, y'all. Like, I understand that, you know, I understand you you were cussing up a storm and listening to Lil Wayne when Jesus found you, right? I I understand. But but here's what we do. Oh, man, that's just the way I am, you know? No, 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 no. No, Jesus has made you new. Jesus has given you his spirit. You are a new creation. Guess what? The new has come and the old has gone. It's gone. Walk in the new. I'm a Jesus follower now. Check this out. It says this. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is anyone in Christ in the room? We'll give you a chance at the end. If not, come on. This new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is. 
Come on. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given you by God? And that's wild to think about like this. I'm just this empty vessel full of God's spirit. What a, man, what a thought. It says, you do not belong to yourself. God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Listen, I, I know Pastor Mark's not the best looking, okay? Bob Springmeyer might say different. You know, I, I told the first service this. This isn't in the notes for real, but I thought about it while I was up here. I'll share it with you guys only to be fair. I, it is like my first week at this church, y'all. Bob, are you in the room this time or no? No, he's not doing security or something. That's all right. When Bob's away, we'll play. Amen. Come on. I walk into the lobby. Bob comes up to me, smacks me on the butt and says, what's up, sexy? I'm like, what the? You do know I'm the pastor, right? I mean, I'm just saying. We love Bob. Come on. But if we were to have, you know, especially if Bob's out of the room, if we're, there he is. Come on. Give it up for Bob. Come on. We love you, Bob. It's Bob's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Bob. We love you, man. We love, get back out there. Listen, listen, if we had an auction for Pastor Mark, though, you know, not the best looking, not the smartest, do some things well, do a lot of things not well, and we, and we were to have an auction in this room, what would you guys be willing to pay? For real, you get to have Pastor Mark, what would you pay? I was hoping at least 100. I got a five last service. Uh, you know? You, you, know, you know what happened with God? If God was in this room, you know what he would do? He, he wouldn't say $1,000. He wouldn't say a nice big home. You know, he say, he goes, you, how about, how about the most important thing to ever come into contact with eternity? How about my son for you, right? And that's just not for me. And here we are. There's a lot of us in this room walking around with this identity of I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I don't make enough money. I'm not good enough. It's like, what else do you need, for real? What else do you need? The God of the universe gave, gave the most significant, important thing eternity's ever seen for you. Stop thinking your identity comes from your career, your vehicles, a home, how well-behaved your kids are. God has not only spoken, but he's shown how valuable you are to him. It's about time we started living like it. We are in Christ Jesus, made new. That's our identity, amen? Okay, so what God says about fear, what God says about identity, three, what God says about anger. This portion is dedicated to my wife. I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. All right, Ephesians 4, 4.26, it says this, don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. So we, so we look at these commands. We see what God said to us. And again, it's like, okay, don't let anger control you. But I get angry. I get angry. So for you guys, I, I want to ask you a question. I want real feedback, okay? Y'all are allowed to talk at this point in the message. What makes you angry? Traffic. Coworkers, come on. Coworkers, obnoxious, right? Amen. I got the worst coworkers ever. No, I'm playing. Come on. Come on. What else? What else? People acting stupid. Amen. What, what else? What else? Your husband. Oh. I didn't say it. 
Yeah. Pastor Mark, stop it. Right? Man, man, we get angry. You disrespected me. You, you didn't listen to me. You, you didn't consider my feelings. You didn't consider my emotions. You offended me, right? You're wasting my time. Me, my, me, my, you hurt me. Listen, if you struggle with anger, here's what I want to say. You might be self-absorbed. Can I say that? Is that all right? Because because I, I really think if you struggle with anger, I think you need to talk to the Lord about pride. Because I, I think what's happening is, is you're sitting there feeling like, how could you do this to me? How, how could you say that about me? How could you talk to my friends about me, about my things, right, and my decisions? You know, the Bible says, it says, for those who exalt themselves, and that's what it is. When you get angry and you want to defend yourself and, and you're fired up, Right? I really think it's us trying to exalt ourselves. Oh, no, you won't say that to me. I'll show you, you know. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. What would happen if, you know, those struggling with anger in the room, if, if when that moment hit, you said, you know what? I would appreciate if you didn't do that, but I love you. And we just trusted God's going to defend me. I see in his word, you know what he said to me? If I humble myself, if I, if I don't have to defend myself, if I let him defend me and I say, no, God, you're bigger. God, you're greater. You know what? He'll, he'll exalt me. I trust in my God to exalt me. I'm going to stop trying to do it in my own strength. God, you'll, you'll take care of me. Matter of fact, it says you'll make my enemies a footstool for me. What am I getting fired up about? God, you got me. Amen. Here's some more truth for you guys. Proverbs 29, 11, it says this. Fools vent their anger. Dads, if you're in here freaking out on your kids, losing your mind on your kids, hitting your kids, you're a fool. You're a fool. Mom, mom, if you're in here, husband comes home, you've been losing your cool on, on your husband. You don't think about me. You don't consider me losing your cool. You're a fool. Okay? Can I be, can I be real? Listen, I'm not saying it's not wrong to feel these emotions, but to give vent to our anger, to not humble ourselves, you're a fool. And I've had my moments too. But it says this, but the wise quietly hold it back. Love is what? what, what what's, what's 1 Corinthians say the first thing love is? Come on. Kim, would you mind coming up on the keys for me? I think God might be speaking to people in the room if, if you're struggling with anger. I think he might be saying, stop being angry, be humble. Stop being angry, be humble. Is that okay? All right. Last point, what's God say about salvation? What's God say about salvation? So we talked about uh, fear, identity, right? Talked about anger. Now we're talking about salvation. And Some of y'all literally checked out after the first story because you're like, bro, you just told me you drove into a ditch. Your mom called you and you stopped the story there. Rewind. Why did you leave us there? You know, why, why did you tell me a story about driving into a ditch? My, my mom, mom calling me when I'm in the ditch to come home, and, and then you just left it there. 
And you know the story, it has a really simple ending. It was honestly, it was like it was like miraculous. The Lord is good. We literally hit. She goes, come home. I'm like, okay, uh, okay, love you, bye. And I'm not kidding, like five minutes later, this truck pulls up. Man, they, man, they hook up to our car. They, they pull us up out of this ditch, and we drive home and get in like, like nothing happened. Literally, I don't even know if, if she knew or not. I can't remember if we told her. Like we, like we, but, but we did, instead of going to get our coffee, candy, and red box, instead of continuing on where we were going, we, we headed back home. <clears throat> and here's where it gets super spiritual. I rebelliously took the car. In my efforts to chase my desires, the coffee, candy, and red box, I found myself stuck. And as I chased my desires, as I left when I knew I shouldn't, right? I found myself in a ditch. I I went off the road, and, and not just by myself. And here I am in this ditch, unable to pull myself up out. But a call comes that says, from a parent that says, hey, I want you to come home. I want you to come home. But here's the deal. I I tried. I I pressed the pedal as as hard as I could have. I I tried to drive up out of the ditch. I couldn't. I I got behind the car. I tried pushing the car up the hill. I I couldn't get up the hill. I needed. I want to come home. I needed someone to save me. I needed someone to help me get up out of the ditch. Amen. Is anybody, is anybody seeing it, right? crazy as this truck cruises by parks hooks up my car pulls me out I get home I walk in the door don't even talk about leaving don't even talk about the ditch mom says hey so good to have you home welcome home and here's what it is man this is is the story of our God this is the love story of our God where we are seeing got us in a ditch that we couldn't work our way out of we couldn't perform our way out of I couldn't pray enough I couldn't sing enough I couldn't raise my hands long enough I couldn't send enough encouraging messages I, I couldn't love well enough I had to say Jesus I had to call on that guy who pulled over in that truck and pulled me up out and said the only way I can get this mess up out of this ditch is if you help me Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give to this ministry. It's because of you that this ministry is possible. You can check out the link in the description to give or visit destinychurch.me give. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We love you and have a blessed week.